This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello one and all and welcome to this special one-off podcast marking Women's History Month. Chris Clark has kindly joined me for a look into the Crystal Palace women's team and we have an interview with midfielder Lee Nicol. Back of the Nest, sponsored by Pitch Sport. Fantime videos, choose your matchday squad, post match ratings and much more. Available to download on the App Store and Google Play. PitchDMM.com Hello Chris. Hi Sam, hi everyone. How are you doing? Happy International Women's Month, Women's History Month. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> um, <laughs> just before we start, <laughs> indeed, just before we start, um, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsors. Flowers are blooming, the grass is growing and it's time to mow your lawn. Why not keep your spring cleaning going with some below the waist grooming? Manscaped have an exclusive offer for our audience. Use code BOTN to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the other 2 million men who trust Manscaped. They are here to make sure your balls are smooth and smelling nice. Yeah, I mean, what do I even say? I mean, what what I'm going to say about that is that, um, I mean, obviously it's been fantastic listening to the variations on a theme as people um, from the back of the nest community have shared their feedback on the products especially i mean dr's unboxing video back at the start at the start when things arrived when he's saying oh my days and looking at everything was just incredible on a personal level i will say i, I bought this product um annoyingly before uh, back of the nest got this arrangement in place um so i didn't get my 20 percent off um i bought the man's uh, the lawnmower 2.0 now you can you can get the 3.0 as part of this offer so um i haven't had that pleasure as yet but i may well be using the code to sample the product myself and i strongly encourage uh, other uh, listeners to the show to do the same i mean you've you've actually um had some of the the stuff sent through i think was it the um the scent that you've had sam sent that yeah sent to you? yeah we got we got the aftershave so i could give that to my husband which is very pleasant it smells very expensive yeah, and I mean, uh, I know Nick uh, said that you know you've got to be careful not to uh, mistake that for the um, ball toner and put that downstairs because uh, that's the 
pretty badly, I imagine. Indeed. So yeah, for um, so that's one for you to um, imagine and wince. Um, just to recap, get 20% off and free shipping with the code BOTN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BOTN at manscaped.com. It's spring cleaning, baby, and your balls will thank you. So changing themes slightly from male grooming to women's football. Well, and, and this is the interesting thing. It's really important for us to remember that we're now talking about the women's game and the women's team. We're not talking about Palace ladies. I remember over many years, people used to talk about, you know, when you had a female, um, you know, a linesman, you know, a fireman, you know, and now we've moved to firefighter and we've um, gone with, um, you know, referee's assistant, these gender neutral terms, which is good. And similarly, when when we're talking about um, the players in red and blue who happen to be women, we're talking about the women's team. We're not talking about the Palace ladies. So, um, you know, I mean, we've had a, had a women's team since 1992, um, but, you know, in 2019, it was rebranded from the Palace ladies to um, the Crystal Palace women. And, you know, that's that's an important shift, I think, in recognition. And uh, there's also a, an important thing to remember. I mean, there was uh, the, um, the shift in the right direction in terms of you know, the profile of the game. I know that my uh, young niece was very excited to see female um, football players and to see the Women's World Cup back in 2019 actually getting coverage on mainstream TV, and actually, that's probably the um, you know the biggest headline of recent um, weeks is that um, you know in the in the week that we're recording this, it's been announced that the BBC will show the Women's Super League on network free to air TV for the first time. It's a landmark three year broadcast deal, and will bring the women's game to a mass audience. I can't quite say for the first time, but it's certainly going to. You know, give it that much greater exposure than the few hundred people who've tended to go to games at Bromley. You know, there's a chance for the team to grow its own following, which would be really good. One hundred percent agree, and I think that the um, just you know some of the things that we talk over with Lee are referring to um, how she's seen the fan base change and grow since she started playing. And I do think that the impact that better publicity in terms of having things on TV and the general accessibility will make a, another big difference and hopefully get people more interested and following the game more closely um, in the future. When we interviewed Lee, it was actually before the Liverpool game. That's since been received a little bit of coverage on uh, the last uh, review show. Um, or match report uh, on the last match report there was uh, a brief discussion of the fact that unfortunately the Palace team went 1-0 uh, went down to a 1-0 defeat against Liverpool um, but you know that's that's a pretty strong showing against a uh, team you know that is known uh, to be a strong team in the league and I, I really want to say with regard to Lee I mean she was very generous with her time um, it was a great idea of yours Sam to set you know set this interview up um, it's, it's a really enjoyable interview, and I hope that um, you know listeners will get their palace fix, their back of the nest fix by listening to this, getting an insight. It's something a little bit different from you know the the normal fare that we we knock out on back of the nest. You've got, um, I mean, you've got Sam in front of the mic for a start, so um, there's <laughs> automatically a hundred percent more diversity than we usually manage to achieve. Um, and you know, but it's it's a fun interview both. We we found out some interesting insights into you know who Lee is, what her background is, what her career has been like, but also some uh, light-hearted moments, um, such as you know whether she um, prefers whiskey or wine, 
and whether um, she likes square sausage or black pudding. So uh, you're going to get that get to that when you get to listen to it. Indeed. So without further ado, perhaps we should hand over to our pre-recorded e- interview. Yeah. Hello, past Chris, and hello, past Sam. <laughs> So we're very happy to welcome Lee Nicholl here with us. Uh, He's going to answer some questions about her career and women's football in general. So thank you for joining us, Lee. Thank you, guys. It's my pleasure. First things first, give us an injury update. How is the ankle? Oh, um, (laughs) it's going slowly, slower than what I wanted, but we're starting to make some really big strides in the past week, so that's hopefully a positive thing. So maybe a month, six weeks, two weeks if I have it my way. But um, yeah, we're we're making good strides now, but it's been slower than what we we wanted it to be. Fair enough. And can you give us a bit of background um, from your career so far? Because you've obviously played for quite a few clubs, and uh, and uh, Scotland as a country. So give us a bit of an overview to introduce yourself. Yeah, so I started my career off at Celtic um, from the age of 12 until about 16. And that's when I then moved down to London on my own to sign for Arsenal, where I spent two years. And then from that, I then made the step to Reading to get first team experience. And then from Reading, I went to Millwall Lionesses for three years. And then from that, I went to Charlton for a year. And then I had some time out the game. And then I recently just came back and I signed for, for Palace in summer. Um, alongside that, I've represented my country, uh, all youth age, uh, age groups as well. So um, I've had a lot of um, experience at different clubs. Um, yeah. And enjoyed them all, I'm sure. I have, yeah. I've had good moments in them all and difficult times in them all as well. But yeah, um, predominantly positive experiences, every single one of them, without a doubt. Excellent. And have you always been a midfielder or did you start in a different position and you've worked your way into the midfield? I I used I did start my career off as an attacking midfielder and I've pushed back to a defensive midfielder now. So not much change, but enough change for me. Cool. And talking of change, I mean, you're still fairly new to Palace, having signed for us last July. What's been your best experience with the club so far? Oh, just the the environment, eh, the the team cohesion, the journey that we're on as, as players and staff. And um, we come in as a brand new squad and just where we're at now, um, it's an absolute honour to just sit in the sidelines and watch the girls. Um I think just the whole journey of really bonding on the pitch is starting to click. We're starting to get it, we're starting conceding as many goals. I think just that whole process to how we've got there, I think people think that it's just happened. Um, but there's been a lot of hours on the training pitch put into getting it to this moment. So just to see it starting to pay off and results are getting a lot tighter now. So to us, that's a massive, massive step. Um, so just being part of that and seeing everyone improve physically, mentally, uh, technically, tactically, the whole journey has just been amazing, to be perfectly honest with you. And tell us a bit about how the rivalry translates into the women's game. I mean, you talked about starting out at Celtic. You've played for Millwall and Charlton, you know, big rivals to our club. Um, so how's the transition worked out? 
Um, so back in Scotland, Celtic, uh, Celtic B Rangers it is what you'd imagine. Um, it doesn't matter if you're a male or female in Scotland. Celtic B Rangers is, is still a massive deal. It still has the same kind of interest. And that game is a non-negotiable win, to be honest. Um, it's one of those games that you do feel the pressure and it's not about how good you play. It's literally about getting the result. Um, so from about 13, I think I was, when I played my first old film, it was it was pressure, but it was incredible. And then when I've moved down here, I think we are, there's massive rivalries, especially when it comes to Palace and Charlton. Um, and I've also been at both clubs and I've had really good experiences at both clubs. So to me, a game of football is a game of football and I'm going to go on and win it. Um, and I've got a lot, lot of friends and a lot of love for Charlton, but my 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 life is palace now so whatever game it is in front of me personally I'm going to win it but definitely there's some girls in the, in the team that you feel that that game means a little bit more to them than than us traveling up to Durham or Liverpool in terms of the closer to their heart as such and it's it's bragging rights we want to be the team in London and the championship that that players talk about and sort of looking back in the last the last year of your um you know your career despite the injury how have you found it playing during the pandemic because obviously it's been a different experience for you yeah it's been oh it's been so different now I don't know how how I'm going to personally cope when fans come back because we are used to being able to hear everything on the pitch and hearing all the instructions off the pitch but to start with it was tough to get into the mentality that it wasn't a friendly it was a it was a fixture and it was three points, so it was a, it was really really strange to kind of be like, guys, this is a league game. This isn't a pre-season friendly behind closed doors, and it took time. But now it is completely natural, and you can. One thing that I think we've benefited from is how much we now communicate on the pitch. Um, we we try and create that atmosphere ourselves internally because the fans aren't there, sadly. So, um, both I, I would love the fans there, but it's been really really tough. But the main thing is that we are still able to play football and. Hopefully we're, we're keeping the, the fans at home happy with some of the results that we're getting and the improvement that you can see by, even though we're, we're still losing against Liverpool, but to go from 4-0 to 1-0, you can see that there's a hell of an improvement there. So hopefully we're bringing some excitement to their lives and that hopefully we've maybe got a more, more fan base going to come and see us when when we can absolutely and naturally that's that's um you know our next question really is what are you look, most looking forward to when fans are allowed back into the grounds you know what just to meet them to to hear what palace fans are like because I, i've been to palace women games um just as a, as a supporter really to watch a fixture and they were they were nuts they were amazing they were so passionate they were so loud and very family orientated a lot of kids a lot of family days out um a lot of instruments, a lot of noise. So to be a player on that pitch with that backing behind you, it's that extra 10% and it really gets you through the game. And on Sunday when we were sitting in the stand watching the game, we were having a conversation that do you think if the fans were here that we could get a draw out this game, we could push on that little bit more. Um, so we sit and have those conversations and everyone speaks so highly of the Palace fans and how great they are, win, lose or draw with, with the with the women because I think one thing you can never question is is our, our work rate um, and our willingness to, we want to win. Um, and I think that's all that fans want really is just to know that you're, you're giving your all in a Palace shirt and if you can see that that's happening then you can't complain really. Absolutely. And speaking of that, I mean... A lot of fans are really keen to support their club 
you know, in at every level and in every different opportunity they get, whether that's an under twenty threes game, whether that's a women's game, um, and th- and on that basis, some fans have complained about the fact that you know some of the women's games happen at the same time as men's teams matches, and that your games aren't held at Selhurst Park, or you know, too many of them aren't. So, do you think that's something that might change in the future? Look, the better that we do this season and next season, the more opportunities we are going to get. Um, so I think Palace, we Palace before they haven't had great results in the league. So the better we are doing, the the more seriously people's going to going to take us. It's there comes a time where we need to really put in the work and get people to pay attention to us. And the way you do that is going and winning games and turning you being an underdog into teams that are expected to to win that game or people that you're playing against know that they're up for a fight. Um, so I think as long as we keep doing that one hundred percent, I think we will get complete backing from from fans, from people that are, are not fans of the women's team, from from the club itself. So I think we hold most of the responsibility because the better we do, the more difficult it can be to to ignore. Um, so I think full responsibility is on us. I think we need to be consistently good and get consistent results um, for people who really want to invest into us, their time, their money, um, resources. So I think we take full responsibility for that. And I think that's a big part of... Um, our motivation this year is let's go and let's go and do something and, and really put Palace on, on the women's map at, at the elite level and I think that's certainly we're on the road to do that. Back of the nest, sponsored by Pitch Sport. Fun time videos, choose your match day squad, post match ratings and much more. Available to download on the App Store and Google Play. PitchDMM.com this podcast is brought to you in association with Pitch Sport, uh, an excellent, fun app that enables you to do uh, match day predictions and give your ratings on the players and much, much more. It's uh, there's there's various members of the back of the nest team are on there. You can join our league and uh, make uh, so-called virtual friends with us um, on the app. Um, it's a good, fun way of uh, getting into practice for if you were to, for example, be um, doing any of those kind of gambling activities like the ones that um, a certain television company offer for free where you try and predict the match scores and you can win money doing that. Um, but with this, it's mainly about just encouraging you to um, share some banter and to argue uh, and uh, get those predictions right. Uh, so you, you just need to register to download the Pitch Sport app. You can find that. I think it's Pitch Sport DMM on both the uh, App Store and on the Google Play Store. Um, you can find myself, uh, Chris Clark, on the uh, app on as my code. If you want to uh, sign up to be a rival of mine, is WVGAV, and I know that Hambo's is KUGKUT. So if you uh, want to join the fun, then feel free to uh, join us on Pitch Sport, uh, who are good friends and it's a decent fun. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. 
If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. We, we're going to ask you a few quick fire round kind of questions. Um, just sort of get, get an idea of you as a person as well as a player. Starting with an easy one, hopefully. Um, who was or is your footballing hero? Post schools. Nice. Um, since we've lost Chris, I'll just keep going with this. <laughs> um, who controls the music in the dressing room and what's the go-to tune before a game? Chev Wilson and anything that's not got any lyrics in it is the go-to <laughs> songs. <laughs> we don't have a scene. <laughs> Excellent. Um, when you're watching football on TV or live uh, rather than playing, do you shout at the players like the spectators do? No. <laughs> That's probably a good thing. Um, and who's the funniest in the dressing room? <laughs> Me? Good. <laughs> I can't not kill Kate not kill. She's she's ditzy. Um what would be your guilty pleasure TV show? So mine is 90 Day Fiance on TLC. <laughs> oh I've I've got a lot you know um we can accept more than one answer I've got there's there's loads that I can't even remember now that <laughs> I think the only things I watch are stupid um what have I been watching recently I love chip flicks anything that's just immature stupid um oh my goodness I'm under the spotlight I'm so sorry <laughs> Can we skip this one? <laughs> yes, we can come back to this one. Uh, and who who's your favourite music artist at the moment? At the moment, it literally changes per my emotions. But I'm listening to I'm listening to J Cole at the minute a little bit more than than not not. There's a lot of time in in lockdown to listen to a lot of music and watch a lot of TV. It changes hourly my moods, what kind of music I'm listening to, where I'm off to. Nice. Um, And we kind of want to test whether moving down towards London has, or to London, has changed your Scottishness. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So, just, just five questions. So, we've got Square sausage or link sausage? Square sausage. Black pudding or fruit pudding? Black pudding. High road or low road? High road. (laughs) (laughs) Whiskey or wine? Wine. (laughs) And I I, I wrote this one without actually thinking how I was going to pronounce it. So Hogmanay or Hogmanay? Hogmanay. Hogmanay. Yeah, Hogmanay. Yeah. Excellent. You passed the Scottish test. Aside from the wine, you passed that test. I won't I won't get grief for being English again then. (laughs) (laughs) I've done one the other day and it was a really intelligent one about mountains, about the history of Scotland, and my English housemates got more than me. (laughs) (laughs) It was terrible. 
Uh, yeah, we, we, we didn't go too highbrow. <laughs> this is not a highbrow podcast, fortunately. <laughs> um, but that being said, if we were to take it back to some serious topics, um, how would you say you've seen the fan base change since you've been playing? I mean, I'm hoping you're going to say grow, but... Um, it's been dramatic, honestly. It's a it's like a different sport. It's like going from your football, senior football all, all over again, eh, that transition. It must have went up by at least 100%. Um, before, it was always only the same kind of people that came to watch us play, and they were amazing, and they helped grow the game. But now there's families coming out. There's kids with your name on the back of their kit. And, yeah, it's just it's amazing. A long way to go, but we'll, we'll take where we're at at the minute. And I think we've got a lot of the Lionesses to thank for that and how well they've done in the 2015 World Cup and the, the 2019 World Cup, was it, or Euros? Yeah, I think we've got them to thank for a lot of that and um, that we can build on it. This question, one of, one of our um, podcast presenters, Nick, w- would like to know. So 100 years ago, when the women's football was really popular in the First World War yep. and then got banned temporarily, for, well, temporarily, for like 50 years. If if that ban hadn't have happened, how do you think the game would be perceived differently today? I think it would be quite similar to tennis um, and, and a, in a sense that people watch tennis because they're watching tennis. It doesn't matter if you're male or female, they just watch tennis. Um, they watch Wimbledon or tune into Wimbledon or the Australian Open just to watch a good game of tennis. They don't look at it as if the, the female tennis is on or the male tennis is on, it's just the tennis is on. Um, so I think that would probably be where we're maybe at um, because sponsorships opportunities would maybe be a little bit more equal. It would be right now in terms of football as a business, we are just really starting out as a, a, in our fe- female football industry. So it will get there. It's going to take a long, long time. But I do think that's where it would have been had it not have stopped because I think people people would have just looked at female football as just football instead of women's football and men's football as just football. And I think there would have been a lot more resources and coaches available to then get the best out of the, the ability that was coming through and, and give them the proper training um, as well. So when you look at the way that um, female players and broadcasters are um, unfortunately abused on social media, what do you think needs to be done to discourage this type of behaviour? I think um, social media need to take full responsibility for it. Um, I do think that there needs to be a stronger hatred policy. There needs to be a quicker reaction to these things. Um, right now, when they do get removed, it's way too slow, and that's if they get removed. So I think it's on social media. It needs to, it needs to get removed because... There is a platform that allows these people to have a voice and they wouldn't say it on the, on the street if you walk past them. So I just think social media needs to take a lot of the blame for it. So no matter what we do, what the other individual behind a screen that's a keyboard warrior, social media has got has got the key to this um, and they need to spend more money in sorting it out. Otherwise, they'll lose a lot of, a lot of their users long term. So at, at junior or youth level... Um, mixed gender teams are allowed to play up to the age of 17 do you think that that is an appropriate age should it be raised or lowered or I personally think that it comes down to each individual Um, there's some girls that are younger that are really really advanced physically 
um, and it really benefits them to keep progressing at their rate. Um, and I think that some uh, take a lot longer than others to physically develop. So I do think it comes down to a case-by-case um, situation. Now, you don't need to play in a mixed team if you don't want to, so it's not as if it's forced upon you. You can go and play for a, a female-only team if you if you really want to. So I do think it comes down to common sense at times. Like, if you've got a tiny little girl playing against under-15 boys and she, she can't even get on the ball because it's affecting her that much, then I think, yeah, they're that room to go and play female-only football. But then those that are bigger girls, more advanced, physically stronger, quicker, um, I think that the right thing for them is to, to play against the boys and match them up um, for as long as you can because that means that they're progressing and they're still developing and not getting away with bad habits because they're playing against smaller girls um, that are, are nowhere near their level yet physically. But technically it might be the same, but you, I see it all the time. There's girls that are just so physically advanced that they get away with such bad habits that then come 18 years old when the game levels out, they're stuck in their bad habits. So I do think that there's a, an argument for all and I think it comes down to the individual and I think it's great that the option is there. Excellent. And with that in mind, what sort of advice would you give to girls or young men, women who are looking to get into the game professionally? Um, I would say that make sure that you don't compare yourself to your mate on your left-hand side or your teammate or your, your schoolmate in front of you. Never compare your journey to anyone else's. You will all progress at different rates. Someone might get all the success to start with, um, but you're in your own journey. So it might take you five extra years. It might take you five extra months, or you might be that individual that's that's smashing all your mates out the park, it's important that you keep on your path and you don't compare it to someone else's. And you you just need to work harder than that person to your left and right. And as long as you keep doing that and you're putting in more hours and dedicating your life to it even more, as well as having fun, um, you, I think that's just really important. If someone told me that your journey is not going to be the same as anyone else's when I was younger, it would have made a lot of the difficult roads a lot easier to accept. Excellent. And... How would you describe the the condition of the women's game at the moment? Massively improving. Um, it's starting to move at a speed where even people like myself, I'm like, oh, I need to keep up with this. Um, it's massively improving and very, very quickly, but we have got a long way to go. Um, everyone taking responsibility for it, we've got a long way to go from getting female kits to play in. Um, to the backing from from the FA, to mental health support, to PFA support. To, there, there's so much um, that needs to be done. But that will come the better we do. Um, the more the more people invested in female football, so the more fans we get, the more budget we've got, the knock-on, the dominoes effect it has on everyone. So we're on the right path to getting all of that. And I'm pretty sure it will happen. And I hope that I'm part of that journey. Amazing. Thank you ever so much for joining us and for answering some sensible some silly questions <laughs> we, we really appreciate you, you, no, you taking the time um if there's anything else you want to say to any messages no just thank you so much um to everyone on on twitter and social media for your support to the women's team it really does keep us going and we speak about it all the time and we think you're absolutely amazing. We can't really believe the support you've get, you've given us and you haven't met half of us. So we really appreciate it and we cannot wait to meet yours. Um, hopefully you can come and watch us and we'll get three points and, and we'll enjoy celebrations afterwards. So we're really looking forward to meeting yours and thank you so much for the positivity on, on social media and Twitter in particular. 
back of the nest. Sponsored by Pitch Sport. Fun time videos. Choose your match day squad, post match ratings, and much more. Available to download on the App Store and Google Play. PitchDMM.com. So that was our very entertaining interview with Lee. And again, I want to give our thanks for her, to her for taking the time to speak with us. Um, the Palace women typically play their home matches at Hayes Lane on Sunday afternoons. And we would, of course, encourage you to come along and support the side once the fans are able to return to games. Tickets are available in person or online in advance via the club's ticketing site. And you can follow the team on all the normal socials under Crystal Palace FC Women or cpfc underscore w thanks everyone for tuning into this show and giving it a, giving it a listen uh, we'll be back uh, after the international break uh, palace of course the men's team plays uh, everton on uh, easter monday and that that will be reviewed in the same show as the preview show for the chelsea game the following weekend so look out for that midweek the week starting on the 5th of april Thank you, everyone, and speak to you soon. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club, because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.